Welcome back to Thirsty the Podcast. This summer, we are revisiting dates of dark days past with the benefit of hindsight, growth, and then trying not to be too embarrassed at our own shenanigans, including the alley makeout. We took dumpster fire dating a little too literally, I think. Today, we're bringing back Harry the hiring manager, a man I dated who wanted to take me to Hawaii after our first date. (laughs) Originally published August 30th, 2021, We're looking back on trying too hard, when to take a break from dating, and why dating with a checklist may not give you the results you're looking for. Stay tuned to listen to this tale from Heather's Dark Days, then stick around after the episode for a brand new discussion. This is Second Chance Summer from Thirsty the Podcast. Have you ever dated a person who is desperate to be in a relationship? Maybe they had a checklist and decided that you were it. Maybe they've had a hard time finding love. Maybe they just wanted the stability of being with a partner. Maybe it wasn't about you at all. This is Thirsty the Podcast, hiring manager Harry. So today we're talking about Harry. This is Heather. This is someone that I dated for a little bit. Um, I met Harry on Bumble, which by the way, I know everyone loves Bumble, but I've actually had very little luck on Bumble. It just has not worked out for me very well. I don't know what the deal is over there. It's so weird because I had a lot of luck on Bumble a few years ago, and now it's a dead zone for me, too. So I don't know what's going on at Bumble right now. I guess I hit the end before you did, because I remember for a while you loved it. But for me, I know Tinder's supposed to be like a garbage shoot, but Tinder's always worked better for me. I guess I'm garbage. <laughs> Just, you know, that's my place. I, that's been where like 90% of my dates have come from. I guess, I don't know. I guess I'm just a little too trashy for Bumble, I suppose. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, Harry is one of the two people in a year uh, that I went out with from Bumble. Um, at that time, I'd just broken out with someone. I'd been dating someone for a while. It was a little bit of a big deal. I liked him a lot. Uh, it just didn't work out. Uh, the person I had been dating had never been married before and didn't have any kids. Um, you know, and, and when we broke up, that became an issue, you know, because he just had a hard time seeing past the fact that I was a mom and it was just too much for him. And Um, so we just had to break up because I was like, well, I'm a mom and I'm going to stay a mom. I like being a mom. So that's a problem. We should break up. Funny how that happens. Yeah, that's a whole thing we can talk about for sure, which we should get to that and discuss that. Um, but so anyway, I thought, you know, well, why don't I try dating a dad? Why don't I try finding someone who is divorced and who has kids? Maybe he'll understand my life more. You know, let's just try it and see what happens. So I matched with Harry and we started talking. He was so smart. He seemed very emotionally available. He'd been divorced for several years. I was starting to be ready to date like a normal person and not like a wild woman, you know, who just got out of a marriage. So I was like, oh, let's try dating, you know, like a normal human. Um, I thought maybe this will be something because he seemed great. And this was also, I have to say, winter in Chicago, which if you live in the Midwest, it's like dating dead zone. Um, And it was during lockdown. You know, so we definitely did COVID dating. We did a lot of texting. We did a lot of Zoom dates for like a month. Like I didn't even meet him in person for like a month. Um, We just hung out on Zoom, had a drink or two, texted, phone calls, that kind of thing. And he was very open that he wanted to get to know me, wanted to get to know me better. And I was like, wow, this is different. 
I mean, I could talk to him about my kids. I could talk to him about my life. And it, it wasn't weird because he had the same stuff going on too. So that insecurity that I had before was gone. Yeah, I remember you being really excited about him and um, getting ready to meet him. And he seemed like he was going to be a lot of fun. I had seen him on apps, but I didn't swipe on him because I knew that you were talking to him. And he seemed really great. Yeah, I mean, I was really excited about him, to be honest. He seemed awesome. Um, and we finally, finally, after a lot of buildup, went on our first date you know, COVID, thanks. Uh, but we finally figured out where we could go out together and we had a great time. I mean, we both liked whiskey. Who doesn't? You know, we both worked in similar fields. Um, he shared a little bit of his story. He had had um, one major relationship after his divorce that lasted several years and it didn't work out. All in all, he seemed really interesting. He was really engaged. He felt like we were compatible. This was great. We had so much fun. I was attracted to him. Uh, then we made plans for our second date, this time dinner at his house. Cause again, COVID. So a lot of, I can't, I just can't even like now I would never, but back then it was so normal to go to someone's house on a second date for dinner. Oh, I did some first date home dates. <laughs> well, I can't believe I didn't get ax murdered. Like seriously, like I feel very lucky. I remember you and I would text each other and like we would be at someone's house and be like, okay, not dead. I don't think he's going to try to kill me. I think everything will be okay. Be like, okay, let me know when you get home. <laughs> not dead. Ugh. Anyway, so we had a second date. It was dinner at his house. COVID dating is just so weird. Um, but anyway, on the second date, Things kind of took a turn because yeah. I started to, uh, you know, because before that, everything was great. But then I started to get to know him better. And I wasn't sure about some of the things I was hearing. Um, and there was a lot of it because we talked for like six hours, <laughs> like just talked, get to know each other, which that's a good date. But then, it, uh, however, I was finding out things that I wasn't so thrilled about. Um, there was one he mentioned that he dated. Pausing, though. Pausing. Okay. First date, no red flags. Totally fine and no. normal. Zoom dates, totally fine and normal. He just waited for the second date at his home to put up the flags. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's when he decided to put it up for me to see. Um, and I was at his house where I was like, how do I get to the front door? Um <laughs> So I was sitting there and he told some stories. And of course, I was just smiling and nodding, acting like everything was fine. While inside, I was like, ooh, time to get out of here. Um, but first, he talked about how he dated one woman. He went on three dates with her and he said, oh, I think this might be something. And he sent her flowers. And then she broke up with him because it was too much. And on the inside, I was like, I feel like there's something you're not telling me because I would love flowers <laughs> from someone I want to date. So whoever I'm dating right now, you can send me flowers. It's fine. But but this one, like, clearly there was something more to the story. I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And then he got a little bit dramatic. He said that he was looking for someone serious. He said, and I quote, I want someone I can walk hand in hand through the trenches with, which I thought was a little dramatic. I hate trenches. Why do we have to be in a trench? Why can't it be like a happy thing? Like, why can't you walk somewhere nice? Why are you in the I know. trenches? Why can't we go to a fair? Let's go to a state fair and like skip. Why do we have to go to a trench? I don't want to do that. And then he talked about how he cried a lot. And Laura, you know me really well. And I have some emotional issues. One of them being, I don't like people that cry all the time. You can cry sometimes. You can cry if you hurt yourself. You can cry if something bad happens to you. But if you're crying all the time, I just can't with that. Did he tell you what he was crying about? Like, did he expand on this or? 
Yes, he did. Although I realized when I just said, that's my red flag, right? <laughs> like when I say, I don't like crying, men are like, oh, okay. Hello, your emotional piece of coal. But um, yeah, he told me he cried when he watched romantic movies. Um, When something interesting happened, when he saw, well, now, I, okay, now the more I talk, the more I'm the jerk. <laughs> I talk about this. Yeah, he went and he saw his kid do their dance recital and he cried. And I was like, well, that's sweet. But also. Yeah, I I, I don't. I, I also have a black card, apparently, because I just can't do that. Like, I can't cry like that. And I can't be with someone. Yeah, we're horrible people. Yes. <laughs> okay, we're the jerks. The more we get into this, it's going to become instead of Harry, the hiring manager, it's Heather, the heartless. Um, he told me a bunch of stories about how he would argue with colleagues. And I was like, first of all, I mean, I love a good argument because you can argue, you can yell, you can get mad at each other, and then you can make up afterwards. It can be fun. It's a fun couples activity. <laughs> but don't um, don't argue with your coworkers and not on a regular basis. So I was like, that's a little aggressive. And like, don't share it maybe early on when you're just getting to know someone. Yeah. Like, that's not like a, a virtue that somebody has. Like, I'm a great arguer. Cool. Yeah. Like, well, and I kind of poked at him a little bit. I was like, so do you argue a lot? He's like, yeah, I'm passionate. I was like, oh, Okay. Um, all right. That's good to know. Good for me to know. Um, and then he told another story of a woman that he went out with and she told him that he moved too fast. And he had a few stories like that of women that were like, ah, I don't know. And just a lot of his stories were about how he was too much. And then it culminated with my own little thing because I just changed the subject. And I talked about, um, you know, because like a standard COVID conversation. What are you going to do when lockdown's over someday? Maybe someday it'll be over. You know, we talked about like, well, where do you want to go? Do you want to travel? And I shared that, well, I'd love to go to Maui. You know, I haven't been in a long time. I'd really love to go back. And he, and he was being serious. He said, let's go. Let's go for Valentine's Day. Come on, let's book it. And I was like, nope, nope. I really wanted to respond with, do you know what my middle name is? <laughs> like, Can we go to Milwaukee first? <laughs> Let's start with Milwaukee. Um, and I was like, wow, that's a lot. You're a lot. You might be a lot. That's um, a lot. So that all He's happened. And it was just mm -hmm. starting to freak me out. It was like too much. It seemed like he was trying to force a relationship. We'd been talking for a while, but it was only a second date. I don't know. It just like I was getting the really strong impression he was like running through dates and like finding women that like checked some boxes for him, like an idea of like, I want someone who's a mom. I want someone with a good job, someone who's this, that, and the other. And like, I like checked his boxes. So that meant that I was going to get the job, except I don't know that I wanted the job. Like it, it was so weird. It wasn't even, I just had the really strong feeling. It wasn't really about me at all. It wasn't about a connection. It wasn't about like, Finding out what made me tick about us having fun together. Like, he skipped the whole fun part and went right to the trenches. <laughs> like, we mm -hmm. skipped the part where he you, like, the trench. out and, like, yeah, I don't want the trench. Like, the trenches can be later, much, much later, right before you get a divorce. <laughs> you know? Like, let's not do it now. It reminds me of a lot of the profiles you'll see on dating apps. And they're like, you must love dogs. You must like camping or whatever. It's like a list of all the things that you must be. And it's like, uh, so am I not allowed to, like, those are their, that's their checklist right there on the on their dating profile. And it's so weird. Like, people are more than just, like, a, a, a checklist. Yeah. Well, and who are you to know? You know, like I've been surprised so many times by people that, you know, maybe I thought I was looking for something and I met someone else. And I was like, wow, that's not what I was expecting. But that's really great. Or it's fun to meet people who have different interests from you, too. 
you must like all of the things that I like if we date. <laughs> right. Like must love cupcakes. <laughs> um. Anyway, so by the end of the night, I was like, okay, it's late. I need to go home. I don't know what I think about all this. You know, I just need to like think about it. And it was definitely time to go home and go to bed. So we called it a night. He asked me to text him. Very sweet. He asked me to text him when I got home, which that's very nice. Mm-hmm. Polite. I was like, okay, sure. I got home at midnight. I did text him. I said, hey, you know, thank you for dinner. Have a good night. I will talk to you later. And then I went to bed immediately Mm -hmm. because it was like midnight. Went right to bed. And that's when things got really dumb because he sent me a text after I went to sleep that said, I'd really like to see you again. I want to know how you feel about me. I didn't respond because I was asleep. Mm -hmm. I was snoring at that point. And then... I woke up at 8.30 and he had texted me during the night. And this text I woke up to said, well, since you didn't write me back, I'm going to assume we're just not a good fit and we shouldn't see each other again. Boundaries. Like, come on, dude. Like, you, like, I'm so careful about when I text people, especially people I don't know very well. Like, I'm not going to text them late at night. I'm not going to text them first thing in the morning. Like, that's so awkward. And he just sent you an all-night text-a-thon. I know. I mean, and for the record, he was annoyed because I didn't text between the hours of midnight and 8.30 a.m. <laughs> when most people are sleeping and I was sleeping and he was like mad about it. Like, and who was he to think that I, like, I don't know. The whole thing was just so weird like, and controlling and I didn't like it. Um, and I was super annoyed, but I didn't want to react. I was like, well, he told me he was emotional. So maybe he's just being emotional and I'm being, <laughs> you know, heartless Heather. So I'll try being nice. And so I gave him, I really, I really had to like talk myself through. I was like, what would a nice person do? <laughs> a nice person would just like be okay with it. Like, wow, he has feelings for me. He really likes I don't me. think he did. I don't think he did. But like, let's just be nice, you know? I was like, okay, well, you know, I was sleeping. That's why I didn't respond. I'm making coffee. Right now, I'm excited to rest today and hang out. I hope you have a great day. And then for the next few hours, I got so many texts from him, just one right after the other, where he was just spinning. I didn't even respond. Like, he was having this breakup with himself. I was not even participating because I was just, like, watching it happen. And while it was happening, I was just, like, I could not believe it. He got a bunch of texts that were veering between weepy Angry that I didn't respond because I was like, what is happening? What is happening right now? This person I thought was so cool, like, just lost his mind. Um, I watched him literally break it off with me without me even participating in the conversation at all, which I did point out to him at the end. I was like, I just want to point out, you argued with, like, an invisible me that wasn't even participating. I just want to make sure you realize that. Heather, he told you he liked to argue. Like, come on, he doesn't even need an opponent. Like, he just did yeah, all no, of Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> you no, you're right. He wanted to argue. And I guess I just didn't, wasn't up for the occasion. Can create controversy anywhere. He was so pushy. He was so out of control emotional. And I was just watching this breakdown of someone that clearly, I mean, part of me did feel bad for him, actually, because I think he'd been through a lot. This is the part where I'm not being heartless. I'm being serious mm-hmm. now. Like, um, you know, it, it was kind of obvious that clearly he was desperate to find love. Um, he decided I was it, although I'm sure I was one of several. It wasn't really about me, but he just had decided it. I was it. It didn't matter who I was. You know, I just checked his boxes and then he freaked out when I didn't play ball, you know, and I actually had to block him. I had to block him. Ugh, and that was the I end. I hate of, it when it has to get to the block. Yeah, that was the end of Harry, the hiring manager. 
hairy. Could have been great, but it yeah. wasn't great. That was my uh, winter in Chicago. So, you know, we've all had some desperate dates out there and some people who really have wanted to make it work. Maybe we've been the one who's wanted to make it work before. We all have our stories. But um, why is he Harry the hiring manager? Why are you calling him that? Well, I mean, I just I look back at our conversations and I realized like even though it was flowing, we were talking to each other. He wasn't really trying to get to know me. He actually didn't ask me many questions like, where are you from? What do you care about? What are you into? He asked me what kind of coffee I drink. But that was like as deep as it got. Like he wasn't really trying to get to know me. He spent a lot of time sharing his wants and his needs and and talking about what he wants out of a relationship. But he didn't ask me about me at all, like who I was, what I wanted, what I care about. I I really think he just saw I was a mom with a career, kind of normal. I mean, little does he know I'm not normal at all and I'm horrible. But, um, you know, he thought I was reasonably emotionally healthy And then he decided I was it, like, way too early. And then he realized he was wrong and flipped out, which, honestly, I might have dated him for longer if he would have just calmed down, if he would have just calmed down Mm -hmm. and actually gotten to know me. And he seems like a very nice guy for someone else. Yeah. I have a big thing about questions, though, too, because I want to feel like somebody's really trying to get to know me and that they're digging a little bit deeper in a nice way and that they're really paying attention to me. Um, As a mom, I often feel like... I don't get seen. My kids don't really see me. They see, you know, they want a snack or a meal or TV or whatever it is. But, then, you know, you, you don't really get seen in any other way when you're around your kids a lot. So when you're dating somebody, you really want to feel like they're engaging with you and getting to know you. And it's pretty easy to tell pretty fast when somebody's not really putting the effort in to know beyond like the basics of the basic things that you like that anybody probably likes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Harry. Yeah, no, I think it's so true. Like, I actually, there's a lot of people I have, like, passed on on apps, you know, that I thought they were so attractive and I was really into them, but they weren't, they weren't trying to get to know me. Like, questions is huge. Like, are you asking me where I'm from? What I'm reading? What I care about? What what are my values? What Mm -hmm. am I into? What are things I like to do? You know, like, whether it's dumb or deeper things, like, I want to feel, like, for me, like, I give that. Like, it's, it, I, I think it's not hard to show genuine interest. And if you're not able to do that, then you're probably not ready for a relationship or, well, I guess you're just not ready for a relationship with me. You know, like, I think that stuff's important. Or you're just down with, you know, kind of more surface level dating, which there are, I'm sure, are plenty of people out there who, like, that's their thing. They want to go out and have fun, and it's really light and easy, and they don't really want to dig any deeper. Um, and, yeah, I do think it's obvious when you match with somebody, like, there are so many people where it's just kind of boring and engaging, and there's not a lot of back and forth. And you'll hit on that one person who is a great um, question asker, and it's good conversation, and it just clicks so quickly. And um, it's hard to find that. But when you do, like, that's such a good sign, because you can tell that they're going to be fun in person, too. Well, you know, I really like that you hit on that, because like, to be honest, I think it's really interesting. Like you, you have this idea that because you meet people, they're like, Oh, I only want casual. And it's like, okay, well, that mm-hmm. message to me is you only want surface. That's not me. I'm not into that. Um, that doesn't make me excited. And then, however, people that just want a relationship, like Harry, the hiring manager, I'd call that superficial, too, because you're not really connecting with someone. You're not really getting to know yeah. them. It's more like the shell works, but the the guts aren't aren't involved. Like, it's not a real connection. It's just you've hired someone for a job or a role in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it just feels easier to kind of 
you know, if it looks okay on the outside, then it's probably fine and you can figure out the rest later. And obviously we know that's like a crash and burn plan for (laughs) any kind of meaningful relationship. Um, I'm sure there are people who will apply for the job and hope that they get it and that's great for them. But I would say that you and I, um, you know, different employment requirements. Yes. Yeah. Our uh, job descriptions that we've put out there are a little different. Um, so I know you mentioned that he was kind of, Harry was looking for his person. And I know that phrase of like, my person kind of makes you go, Ugh. Um, why is that? Well, first of all, I don't think it's like a wrong phrase. Because I know you, you've you used it at times too. Like, and lots of people do. It's such a common phrase. Like, oh, I'm looking for my person or I want to find my person or this is my person or they're not my person. You know, that's super common. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think. Yeah, you know, I have said all that the a lot, haven't I? Yeah. Well, that's fine. That's totally fine. I think for me, though, and like part of it, I think also speaks to like my issues in life because I like have all this, you know, you know, talk to my therapist. Um, I have all these codependency issues. So like I've worked really hard against that to where I think I'm my person. Nobody else is my person. I'm my person. It's me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really important to me because I think after a marriage ends or a big relationship ends, a lot of people like just get right out there and they're hot to jump into another relationship. They're like, oh, well, this is over. I'm going to just jump to the next person. Um, they think mm-hmm. they have to have a partner. They think they're my person. is like It's like there's a prize out there and they just have to find them. And I just don't subscribe to that. Like I think that that gem you're trying to find is in you. It's you. And you have to be able to be happy being on your own because how can you be in a good relationship with somebody else if you can't be happy by yourself? You know, and so I, that is a kind of a triggering word for me. I have a lot of, I don't have a filter and I'm very um, socially inappropriate um, and I don't keep anything inside. But so a lot of times when people say that immediately, I can't even hold it in. I have such strong feelings about it. I'm like, no. Like, I remember I had a breakup with someone. They're like, they're trying to be so sweet and so nice. And they were like, I really hope you find your person. And like, it was such a nice breakup until he said that. And I couldn't help myself. I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. And it was over text. And I wrote back, I'm my person. I don't need to find anybody else. He was like, I was trying to be nice. I was like, I know you are. I'm terrible. I'm a terrible person. Forget I said that. (laughs) I know you were just trying to be nice. But I mean, it really is so true because I feel like, you know, if you're ending a marriage or a long-term relationship or whatever it is, anything looks great after that. And you can so quickly get into a serious relationship again and go down that path. And I kind of think that's why if you get divorced once, you often will get divorced again because you hop so quickly to the next relationship before figuring yourself out, even if you don't feel like you were the cause of your big relationship ending Everyone has a part in it and everybody has work to do after that ends to be their best self before they can be in another relationship. But a lot of people don't like to take that pause. I didn't like to take that pause after I got divorced and I hopped into a serious relationship pretty quickly. And I learned a lot from that, but I have definitely learned that I needed to take a step back and do my own work before I could figure out what I wanted for that next step. So makes sense. It's just not fun. It's not fun to be in a relationship. Yeah, it is. I mean, to have someone being nice to you and have like a pal, you know, to talk to all day, every day, it's hard. Like, especially when a lot of times when you're getting divorced, you've been with that. I'm like, I mean, I don't want to get too far into the details. It's not just my story. But like, I was with the person I was married to for 11 years. 
you know, mm-hmm. and I, most people coming out of marriages were with that person for a significant amount of time. And so coming out of it is like so disorienting. It's like, whoa, I don't have someone to talk to. I don't have someone to co-parent with. And it kind of redefines all the relationships in your life, like with your friends. Like I know this happened for me when we've talked about this a little bit, like my friendships changed, you know, <laughs> like it went as far as that. My relationships with everyone in my life changed because my um my partnership you know went through a big life change and you know this person's always going to be my partner you know we co-parent together and always going to care about him but our relationship is now very different and so now you are like thrown out into the world and be like oh wait I'm just on my own and like realizing that that's actually okay that you can do it by yourself and that if you choose to fall in love and partner up with somebody again that's by choice, but you don't have to do that to be happy. Like you really don't. Yeah. I will never be with anybody because I need to be with them. I'm definitely in a want situation of this is a relationship I want to be in, but I need to make sure that everything else in my life I'm taking care of on my own and I can do all of those things and I'm not relying on someone to do anything for me. Um, You know, my life is my life. My kids are my kids. I do the things that we need to do. And if I meet someone who can compliment that and I compliment their life, then that's great and we'll figure that out. But otherwise, like... I need to do my own thing. So, you know, again, it would be, it's fun to be in a relationship too. That's why we're here. That's why we're talking about it. That's why we're dating so much. (laughs) I know. know. It's fun to go on dates. It's fun. Okay. So that was Harry, the hiring manager, which we originally (laughs) aired in August, 2021. And now we are going to have a brand new discussion looking back on what happened. You know, I feel like Harry just never gets old. What do you think, Heather? <laughs> well, again, like, like we have come so far in a lot of ways. And I just have to say out loud, my mic quality back from those early episodes really kills me because that was back when I put my mic on the wrong mode. So I sounded weird and it took me a whole season to figure out what the problem was. So that really kills me. Apologies to everyone that we're inflicting that on again. So that that's that. I, I will say, though, emotionally, I, I listened to it and I kind of like set back. I remember I listened to it while I was at the gym, you know, right before we recorded. Dating is really hard. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. And I actually, in listening back to it, I have some extra compassion for Harry. You were probably surprised oh, to hear me say that. Yeah, but I, a I little actually bit am. Of, <laughs> I actually have some extra compassion for, me, for him. I don't love the way he talked to me or treated me. And I still never want to date him again in my life. But I do have a little bit of extra compassion now that, you know, back then I was new to dating and now, you know, I'm a few years in. So I think I have a new perspective. Yeah, I just, yeah, those were very dark days too. That was just, it was so long ago that it doesn't even feel like that was a date that you went on. I know. So I'm so different. We're so different. And that was back before a vaccine. That was back when dating was just like so weird. And it was Mm -hmm. in the middle of winter, which we know is the hardest time to date in Chicago anyway. But gosh, I feel like we should do a revisit on sometime on COVID dating because that was just like a whole different world of dating. That was tough times. Yeah. Well, I remember third. Well, I agree with you. We should do an episode about like what 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 we learned in COVID dating that we think should stick. Like I know for me, I always tell all my friends, obviously I have a boyfriend, but I always tell my friends when you're first getting to know someone, do a FaceTime date. That was something that was so normal. You'd have FaceTime dates during COVID to make sure you really wanted to meet this person and potentially get COVID from them. And that's something I think should stick. That's something that I loved. And also the ability to go to a to-go window and get a cocktail and walk around a neighborhood with that in the, on a nice, lovely evening. That is fun. Yeah. 
All right, so this was as discussed a million years ago that you had this date with Harry. Um, did you ever hear from him again or did he just disappear? Yes, I've heard from him multiple times since then. I, I think it's now three times total since then, about once a year. I call it my like once a year Harry visit. He has re-liked me multiple times. And finally, like I, what happens is, again, because I pay for Tinder. I'm queen of Tinder. I'm very open about that. And I always pay for Tinder when I've been on it. And I would see him, like he would pop up for me in my Tinder queue. I would immediately swipe left. But then I would check my likes folder and he had liked me. And the first time, and he's done this multiple times, the first time that he boomeranged, I swiped right. Just, and I think I actually sent you a screenshot, Laura. I was like, <laughs> what is this? What is happening? I actually swiped right just to be like, what are you doing? Because I just, my curiosity got the better of me. And we actually did talk a little bit and he did try to boomerang. He was like, I would love to like catch up and go on another cool. date. And he was just as condescending as ever. And I did, and I tried to say this the nicest way possible. I was like, but you were really mean to me when we broke up. And I just don't really see that being good. And his response was, oh, I see you're still in the same place. Like meaning like I'm an emotional wreck or something. And I was just like, wow, you are still condescending. And since then, he has re-liked me about once a year. I call it my little hairy visit. Every time I'm on the apps, he just pops up in the likes folder. And I don't know if just like one day he thinks I'm going to like change my mind. I, I don't know. I think it is wild because I have been very clear I'm not interested yeah, I don't understand how and why people do that. Like, you've already gone out. If they wanted to find you, they would find you again. They're not interested. Nope. Yeah, and he has my phone number. Yeah, exactly. So weird to me. Like, I know for me, whenever, if I want to rekindle something with someone, if I have their phone number, I put myself out there. I send a text and say, hey, I would love to talk. I mean, I'm still thinking about you. Can we talk mm -hmm. or whatever? I have done that a few times because I'm I'm not a coward. Zero coward over here. And I and actually with boyfriend, who is also not a coward, he knew where to reach me. He sent me a text and he was very clear about his intentions. And that's what you are supposed to do. You mm -hmm. don't just like take the cowardly way out. I just, I think it's wild when people like you over and over again, even when you've made it very clear that you want to see them never. It's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's better than getting a random text out of the blue from them, but still. Yeah. yeah. I've had a lot of men do that, actually. Like, there'll be men that I had full on. Like, they were really rude to me, and I will call them on it, and we'll have an argument. They'll like me again a few months later. I'm just like, do you not remember my face? I don't understand. I don't know. It's wild to me. So Harry definitely came across as someone who maybe baby should not have been dating, maybe needed a little break, or at least that's kind of how it felt in the re-listen. Um, what are your thoughts on that now? Yeah, you know, I, I do think he was due for a break. I think you need to take a break from dating. I feel like if dating is making you have a lot of big emotions about someone you just met, you're probably putting too much on dating and you're not putting enough energy into other parts of your life. Like you're putting too much on one, one thing. And maybe you need a break or you need to find more hobbies. Like, I think one thing that has carried you and I through, even in our dark days, we both love to work out. We both have hobbies we care about. And to be honest, I think that made us better daters. We were not putting it all on dating. And I think it's really important for him. It was clear because he said this. I'm not making this up. He said this to me. Things hadn't been working out for him. 
and probably partially because he's such an intense individual. But <laughs> aside from that, it was clear dating hadn't been going well for him. He said that to me. And I think when you don't have a good view of dating, people can tell. You know, like I know boyfriend would have never uh, been interested in me at a certain point in my life because I was a mess. And when you're putting that mess out there, the right person isn't going to be interested in you. You're going to attract other messes. And he needed a, he needed a break, I think, to reset. Well, when things, when things aren't going well for you also, then you're putting so much pressure on every interaction because you just want one of them to become something. And so that's kind of the zone that he went into of trying to create this relationship out of a not great first stage because it has to, because, oh, I don't want to have to go through another one and another one to try and find someone this'll like we said, that checklist, she checks everything. Let's do this rather than who the person is. He wasn't focused on who you were at all. Well, you're hitting on something that I realized in re-listening to this. I think he's actually exactly like self-absorbed Sam. Mm, yep. Because I, checker. yeah, I had a great career. I was a mom. I, I guess he thought I was reasonably attractive. You know, I checked all the boxes and once he figured that out, he decided I was it. And it wasn't really about me. He wasn't, he was definitely not trying to make me happy. It was like, he chose me and this is what it's going to be the end, which spoiler alert, that's not how dating works. Mm -hmm. And I did, I noticed that he was way more focused on himself than anything else. And so, yeah, I think he's actually my self-absorbed Sam. And I didn't realize that till I listened to it back this last week. Oh, and he was, he was just all, all, all of here. He was just such a lot, which is so fascinating for a one date situation. <laughs> um, but he was someone who definitely talked about liking to argue, which you learned was probably true. And he, you know, talked about um, having maybe some areas of high conflict in his life. Um, how do you view that now if you were hearing it? Yeah, he did. He was very open about the fact that he got into arguments a lot, even at work. And back then I avoided the convo. You and I have talked about this. I, I, You and I have both become a person that we're not afraid of having the conversation mm -hmm. and actually talking about things that cause us concern because that's the whole point. You're trying to get to know each other. But back then I avoided it because I, I didn't want to cause an issue. Now I think I would have dug deeper into that and, and just asked, well, what do you mean by that? What does that actually look like? Are you kidding? Or are you serious? Like I would have actually had a conversation when he said that because that's a concern to me and I don't want to date someone that loves to argue. I've done that. I've done that for most of my life. And my number one of my number one things is I don't want to be in a relationship with a lot of arguing and conflict. And mm -hmm. that, that doesn't sound good to me. I don't want that. However... I was at, a, at his house on a second date, which because of lockdown, but now I wouldn't do that. Like I would not no. be in that situation anymore. And I think actually, I actually think going to someone's house early on in dating makes it harder to get to know them. Because if we were out at a restaurant and he brought up something like that, I would feel much more comfortable to have a perhaps direct conversation. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I'm in his house, I'm going to pull everything back because I don't really know this man and I'm not in a, a, a situation I can control. That was something else I realized in listening to it back. I don't think I was my best self at that time, partially because of the environment. We were at his house. So things that were concerning to me, I'm not going to directly bring up so that we can have a direct conversation, which would have been beneficial. Yeah, That was something I didn't think about at the time that now I see that. 
Yeah, I, I definitely would not have been able to handle the conflict piece. It's such a big no for me. I'm not an arguer. I do not handle conflict well. I don't want to be with someone who feels like arguing is a passion piece, which I don't know if that really fits him. But I think a lot of people that is there like, oh, we're so passionate because we argue. And it's like, no, no, thank you. Um, so that would have been all I need to know. But I agree with you. If I was in your shoes, I would have just... <laughs> done whatever I had to do to get through the day to go home to my home safely and not not instigate also because I'm like the most non-confrontational person ever I definitely would have been like all right this is so great oh yeah let's go out again bye and then just ghost <laughs> that's hilarious but yeah I definitely don't see you today entertaining any of what went down in that date for sure like that was just you like it wouldn't even be a question of how you would handle it now because you wouldn't be there no like well it's interesting I think I would have gone on a date with him because like on paper he's someone I'd be like okay let's let's go to dinner and get to know each other because on paper he looks like someone that would be good for me you know he was a dad he had yep. an executive career he had a house he has life together it seemed and he made an effort I mean he planned some great a great date you know the two dates we went on or whatever however my communication skills are just so much better now. They really are. And he was so intense at that time. And really I had just started dating. So it just, it was overwhelming to me. Whereas now I think I would have called it off quite a bit sooner. I would have realized like, we're not a match emotionally. So at that time I was just not, it was like a deer in headlights. That's what, that's who I was back then. I was a baby divorcee, deer in headlights, dealing with a situation that was way too much for me. I was just not well equipped to deal with something like that. Whereas now I would just be like, you know, I don't, I don't think this is for me. Good luck. That That's how I would have handled it now. I, it would have been quite different. Yeah. I think also when you're early stages dating again, you don't, aren't able to quickly put the pieces together of what you don't like, like, or you're not able to interpret them. So you heard his convert, you know, he was talking about conflict or that he argues or whatever. And that might not have kind of flagged in your brain as a concern. But now that you've gone on so many more dates and had different interactions and you're really more thoughtful about it, immediately now you're like, oh, that's not for me because I don't operate in that way. Or I tend to see that that's a bad trait and a significant other. And I don't want that, but there, you know, you don't pick up on all of those cues early on when you're just not experienced in dating. No, you're so right. I, I think that was really at the heart of it. I didn't know myself at all back then. I was relearning everything about me and I was really in the trenches of figuring out who I, who I was, what I want, where I'm going. I didn't know any of it. So I think you're right now when in dating in relationships, when things pop up, I can have a pretty steady, clear conversation about it with confidence now, but back then everything was new to me and I just didn't understand what things meant at times. I didn't know how mm -hmm. I felt about it. Like I needed to process it. I needed a lot longer to process things where now I'd be like, you know, this is not for me. Thank you. And I'd have no problem walking away, yeah. which back then everything, everything was a big deal. Everything was high stakes. Everything was emotional. You know, because that, that's just where I was at the time. Yeah. All right. Oh, why? Well, well, hopefully boyfriend, I won't be breaking up again anytime soon. So hopefully I will not have another sighting of Harry, the hiring manager and my Tinder likes anytime soon. Yeah. yeah. But maybe you can go to Hawaii with someone you actually like. Oh, I am going to Hawaii with boyfriend. Yeah. So I think I'll take boyfriend to Hawaii instead. <laughs> that sounds great. That's a good plan. <laughs> okay. Thanks y'all. We'll see you next week. Bye. Still thirsty? 
you can get bonus content by subscribing to The Thirst Trap on Spotify or Apple, or shop Thirsty Gear at thirstythepodcast.com. And don't forget to share this show with your community. Rate, review, and follow us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Thank you.